Hi guys, what is good? This is Morgan Mueller coming at you with the Joy and Hope podcast where we seek to bring light to the dark. We actually have each of these episodes begin as a YouTube video. So if you would like to watch the original content on YouTube, search my name, Morgan, M-O-R-G-A-N, Mueller, M-U-E-L-L-E-R, on YouTube, look for the Joy and Hope logo. But otherwise, thanks for being here. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, guys. Thanks for joining me again as we continue this journey of rejoicing in hope. So this morning, I went to adoration and was really inspired by a verse that, I guess not a verse, I called it a verse when I was journaling about it too, but I guess a quote, you would call it from this little book that our adoration chapel has. It has daily reflections on Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, and I was super inspired by the one for this morning. So I would like to start by sharing that quote with you. I traveled over the whole earth in order to become so happy, but found it yields no happiness. In nature and in the theater, at splendid banquets and in the most distinguished company, Everywhere have I sought happiness. Where have I not sought it? Yet all in vain. But now I possess it. Yes, I am happy. Perfectly happy. And do you wish to know where I find true happiness? At the feet of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. Augustine Maria of the Blessed Sacrament. I had never heard of her. I'm assuming she's a sister. I'll admit I haven't looked her up yet, but I was so inspired by that quote and would really like to unpack it a little bit. So I personally can really relate to how she started off by saying she was searching for happiness in all these different places. And that's something that we all do in our lives. We seek this happiness um, in things other than in God. And so some of the things she mentioned are something that are some things that I would like to share from my own life. So the very first thing she said was, I traveled over the whole earth in order to become so happy. So that's the first thing that I'd like to talk about. So in my own life, uh, this is really true. So I've definitely sought happiness through traveling. So uh, throughout my life, I've been extremely blessed at this point to travel to different parts of the world. I mean, I'm only 23 and praise God, I've been to like, I think 10, about 10 countries. And that's insane, right? Like that's insane. And in the eyes of the world, that might be seen as this huge accomplishment. And that is so cool. And that is so amazing. And I think that it is. I think that's amazing. And I'm really grateful that I've gotten to do that. But the ways in which I went about it could be described by this term that I've heard before, 
called wanderlust. Maybe you've heard that term. So the word wanderlust, uh, the word wander, so like W-A-N-D-E-R, lust, wanderlust. Um, this desire to just go and see the world and see all these different places. And it's seen as a good thing. I think it's very much celebrated by our world. Um, it's kind of that mentality of, oh, I want to have all these stamps in my passport. I want to be able to say that I've seen the Eiffel Tower and I've seen all these grand places and whatever. And there's that adventurous quality to that that is admirable because life is an adventure and we should be motivated to do things. And God wants us to do things. He doesn't want us to just sit and not ever do anything. That doesn't necessarily glorify him either. But when it comes to wanderlust, it's that excessive inclination to travel. Um, this desire to just see things for the sake of a stamp on my passport or um, to check off a box or to feel good about myself after having seen these things. Not because I'm going to these places because I'm appreciating the beauty of God's creation or I'm growing closer to him because this particular trip I'm taking is a pilgrimage to a holy site somewhere in the world, something like that. Um, and so reflecting on my own life, um, as far as traveling, there have definitely been times, I would say more often than not, when I'm taking these trips or I'm going on this so-called adventure, not to glorify God, but to glorify myself. Um, so for example, I, I grew up in a really small town in the Midwest, a very old town, and I love where I grew up. Um, it was one of those things where I appreciated it way more after I left. So growing up, I never appreciated it and always wanted more. Never thought that where I was from would be good enough for me or was good enough for me. And I wanted to go. I wanted to go out and see the world. I felt cooped up, which I think is a very natural response for teenagers to have. And I think that's a good thing because in a way it does move you onward. God doesn't want you to live with your parents forever. So it's, it's a good thing to feel that way, but in the sense that you don't appreciate where you are, that's not good. And that's definitely where I was at in high school. And so when I was, when it came time to decide where I was going to go to college or if I was going to go to college, I was like, yes, I want to go to college and I want to like go somewhere. And, um, I ended up going to a college that was five or six hours away from home, which felt so adventurous to me. And it was out of state. It was barely into the next state. But still, it was like, I'm going out of state. And there were some good reasons that I went. Um, genuinely, I wanted to go to Benedictine because I did want to grow closer to God. And I wanted that faith community um, and knew that I wouldn't be able to survive in my faith without that. But there was still in like the back of my mind like that, I want to go and I want to get away um, kind of feeling. But even once I got there and it was new and it was exciting, eventually that passed and I wanted more. And so then an opportunity um, came up to study abroad while I was in college. And I was like, yeah, I want to study abroad. I want to travel the world. And I ended up going to Florence for a semester with a pretty large group from Benedictine. And while we were there, I mean, it was amazing and it was beautiful and it was exciting, 
I'm going to be honest with you guys. Those three months were some of the most miserable months of my entire life because I was searching for happiness in these pictures and in these places and in these experiences. But at the end of the day, it was just a picture. I actually lost my phone in Rome the first week that we were in Italy. And so I didn't have the opportunity to take pictures for like three weeks until my mom, who's amazing, sent me a new phone. So like, man, was God teaching me that semester? Like Morgan, life is so much more than the picture. It's so much more than even the experience of traveling. Like if you don't have me and if you don't have peace in your soul, you have nothing. And it was true. And looking back on that semester at the time, I didn't realize why I was so miserable because in my mind, I was like, I'm in freaking Italy. Like, why am I so sad? And that's exactly why, because I wasn't right with God. And so I, I just really encourage you, if you enjoy traveling, because I do, I really enjoy traveling, um, to think about why you go where you go and why do you want to go somewhere at this certain point in your life if you desire to go or do something right now um, and unpack that and think through that and pray through that because maybe it's more of that wanderlust which isn't a good thing I mean literally it has the word lust in it it's not a good thing when we lust after someone we desire them in a way that is not holy and not pure and they are not ours to love and to hold anyway. So to lust after someone is to want them in a way that's not good and not holy and not right. Like they don't belong to me. And so that wanderlust of, I want to go to all seven continents or I want to travel to a different country every six months. Not saying those are necessarily bad things or bad desires, but I encourage you to unpack them with the Lord and be like, why am I wanting to go here? Am I wanting to go here because I want to see the beauty of God's creation there and I want to grow closer to God by appreciating more of the things he's created? Or is it I just want another stamp on my passport or another picture for my social media posts? Think about it. That's the first part of the quote that I wanted to reflect on. The second part was she said she looked for happiness in the theater. And this is really true in my life in many ways. So growing up, not only did I want to go off and ha like have all of these different adventures and all of these different places, but I wanted to act. I was super dramatic growing up, was, um, was, was slash am super dramatic. And I got into acting when I was in middle school and was a part of my school drama club all through middle school, all through high school and just loved it. And praise be to God was told by many people that I was really good at it. And I just felt like I came alive when I was acting and I loved everything about it. I loved the rush of a performance and really enjoyed it. That's all I can say. And when I got to college, I wanted to be a part of the theater department there. I wanted to continue to act, really appreciated that talent that God had given me. Um, but then it just didn't make me happy. 
for whatever reason, there just wasn't peace. And maybe in truth, it was because some of the shows that they were doing that year um, were really depressing shows and very emotionally draining shows. And I didn't enjoy that aspect of it. But I mean, it just really burnt me out. Like there was this nervousness, this anxiety surrounding theater that I had never experienced before. And it freaked me out because I was like, up until that point in my life, that was my identity. I mean, that is where I thought that I found my worth was in my acting. And so all of a sudden that was just taken away from me. And I was like, Lord, who am I if I'm not an actress? Because I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life at that point either freshman year of college, wasn't asking the question, really, God, what do you want of me, which is what we should always be asking. Um, and so just was really humbled by that. Like I was trying to find my identity in theater or even going to the theater, like have had always loved going to plays and going to movies and things like that. I've always appreciated those things. And suddenly I was just being more and more unfulfilled when I would even go and see those things. Um, and I was like, Lord, what's up with that? Like I used to get such a rush from all of these things and now they're just amounting to nothing. Like, what does that mean? And again, having to revisit the thought of my identity and worth is found in Christ. And if I'm not really believing that and really living that out, then no wonder I'm unhappy and no wonder I'm just wandering in another area. So really appreciated that part of her quote. It really holds true in my life. Maybe it holds true in your life too. I think as a culture, our American culture currently, and even internationally, um, just really holds up celebrities as these icons or these people that we should strive to em emulate just because they're good at one particular thing and that happens to be acting. Why? why is that so much better than all the other things that we can be good and talented at? Just something to consider. Uh, the third thing that she said in the quote was she also looked for happiness in the most distinguished company. And for me, this just made me think of guys because I have obsessed over guys pretty much my whole life. Um, had never really heard the term emotional virtue or emotional chastity until I was in college. And if you've never heard that term before, please go read this book. Let me grab it really fast. I hadn't thought of that before this. Um, it's called Emotional Virtue by Sarah Swafford, and it will explain everything. you've never heard the term, this is a really good place to find it. Emotional Virtue by Sarah Swafford. So it means keeping your emotions in check, but reading that book will give you a lot more information. I'm not going to go into it right now. But growing up, I didn't really know anything about that and didn't really know that it was wrong to like fantasize about guys in the sense of, oh my gosh, what if we get married and hear all of our kids' names and here's like what our wedding's going to look like and journal, journal, journal about guys all the time, read books about people who are falling in love and all sorts of stuff like that. I never knew that those kinds of things should be limited because again, I don't really think our society does a good job of helping us limit those things or showing us that it's good to limit those things. 
Um, and so I would just let my imagination run wild all the time. And that, um, I mean, that went through grade school, middle school, high school, and even into the first part of college. And I mean, I would just go through heartbreak after heartbreak. Like I couldn't imagine why some guys seemed to like some girls more than they liked me. What? Like, I know I still don't get it. Um, but like, I would just put my self-worth and my identity in these guys and in their affections or lack of for me. And again, just having to realize and be humbled over and over again that if I am not finding my true happiness in Christ, then I am nothing. Then I am nothing. And in the quote, eventually she says, where have I not sought it? Like, where have I not looked for happiness? Um, I've tried all this different stuff. And it's true. Um, even though I just talked about like my travels, my experience with theater, my obsessions with different guys, like, oh my gosh, there's so many other ways that I've sought happiness as I'm sure you can relate to as well. Um, so those are just some of, some of the few ways that I have done this, but the quote also says, yet it was all in vain. It was all in vain. And in the Bible, there's a book called Ecclesiastes. Um, Sometimes it's called Ecclesiasticus. I don't really know. Um, And the translation I have of the Bible, which is the Revised Standard Version, Second Catholic Edition. It's called Ecclesiastes, I think it's called. And that part of the quote just really made me think of this book from the Bible because it literally opens up with the words, all is vanity, all is vanity. And I mean, dozens and dozens of times in this book. It's only 12 chapters long, um, but countless times the writer says, all is vanity, vanity of vanities, all is vanity, all is vanity and a striving after wind, meaning I'm searching and I'm searching and I'm seeking happiness in all of these things and I'm trying to grab it. Like I'm trying to hold on to this experience through a picture of the Eiffel Tower. I'm trying to hold on to this experience of like the rush of theater by going back and watching the tape of my performance over and over again. Or this guy sent me a message this one time and so I'm just like going to reread that over and over again and I'm just trying to grasp it and hold on to it because I'm just trying to find meaning or worth and you just can't because at the end of the day those things don't amount to anything it's all wind it's all a striving after a wind that you can't actually hold on to it might it might be a fleeting happiness but it's not going to last a picture can get ripped up. Um, like a message can be deleted. Like those things aren't going to last. And I actually looked up like what is the definition of vanity? Because this book talks about vanity over and over and over again. And just according to Google. So vanity. There are two meanings. So the first, it's excessive pride in or admiration of one's own appearance or achievements. So the sentence that it gives as an example, it flattered his vanity to think I was in love with him. 
But the second meaning is the quality of being worthless or futile or futile, however you say that. So their example is the vanity of human wishes, which we have been talking about. Like, I want to travel. I want this relationship. I want this or that, or I want to be famous or whatever it is. Um, it's just vanity in the end. Not to say that we don't have desires that are good. Like we said earlier, like it can be a good desire to travel. For example, last summer I was very blessed to go to the Holy Land on a pilgrimage. And that was a very good desire. I desired to go on that trip because I wanted to see and experience the places that Christ himself walked when he was on earth. I wanted to grow closer in my relationship with him in that way. That was a good desire. That was a right desire. It is good to desire a holy and virtuous relationship or a marriage. Like the, these things are good. We just have to make sure the desire is a right desire because it can also be a wrong desire. So um, going off of that, as far as what is vanity, I really encourage you to read through this book of the Bible, Ecclesiastes. Like I said, it's only 12 chapters long. It's only a couple pages. It's a really good read. It's definitely a really good read. Um, but as far as the quote that we're focusing on, after she says, where have I not sought it? Where have I not sought happiness yet all in vain? This is the message of hope. This is the message of hope, the joy and hope that I hope Oh, well, that I hope we can take away from this message today. But now I possess it. Yes, I am happy, perfectly happy. And do you wish to know where I find true happiness? So no, not fleeting happiness, not momentary happiness, true happiness, lasting happiness at the feet of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. It's so true, you guys. The first thing this made me think of was the line at the end of the more recent movie, Pride and Prejudice, the more recent version uh, with Keira Knightley. At the very end, if you've seen it, Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy are sitting together. Sorry, spoiler alerts. They're married now. It's this huge success story because they were both bullheaded the whole movie. But at the end, they finally get together and you're like, finally. And it's like this beautiful, intimate moment. Um, and he asks her, like, when am I allowed to call you Mrs. Darcy? Like, they're being cute, right? And so she says something like, you may call me Mrs. Darcy only when you are completely and perfectly and incandescently happy. And it's cute because it's Keira Knightley, right? So it's beautiful and amazing. And she's a great actress. And it's a beautiful moment. And even though it's not, like, real life, it's still beautiful because marriage is beautiful. And those beautiful hidden conversations between a husband and wife are awesome and good. But the movie has it wrong. And even in marriages, if husbands and wives tell each other things like this, it's not true because even though you can make each other so happy, so happy, and you can bring each other closer to God, and that's the point of marriage, and to get each other to heaven is so good. But ultimately, to know that you will only completely, perfectly, incandescently be happy 
truly happy, as Augustine Maria says, at the feet of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. And the last thing I want to speak to is just a little way in my own life that I've um, experienced this. I've never been married. I've never been in a relationship that's lasted like even a year. Um, I'm not speaking from like an experience of like, oh, I know exactly how this works, but just to share my heart with you. Um, like I've been in love before. Like I have been in love before for, for however long, um, but I've been in love with someone and it's beautiful. And that person, while they make you so happy, they're not attached to the hip. They're not always truly there 24 seven. Like they go home, they, they disappear for a while. They say their own thing. Sometimes they do their own thing and that's normal and that's okay because all we can give each other is our best. Whereas God alone is perfect and God alone will always respond perfectly and love us perfectly. And so even though I've been so happy and in love before, like in a relationship, only at the feet of Christ do we find true and lasting happiness. This spring, I was at Mass on Divine Mercy Sunday, and I was really stressing out in my life. Um, I mean, I feel like I've been kind of wandering a lot lately. And at that Mass, it was such a beautiful Mass. And my, my soul felt so transcendent, and I felt so close to the Lord and at the moment of consecration, where the priest held up the host, where he held up Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, there was just this surge of joy like I have never known before that only comes from Christ. And there was just that desire of my heart for God and for Jesus. And I distinctly remember praying from the depths of my soul in that moment, Lord, I just want that. I just want that. I just want you this forever whatever that looks like like come marriage come religious life come an early death because I could die today you just never know like come whatever like just give me you here and now in the blessed sacrament like be more real for me than ever and that's enough maybe you've had an experience like this where you have truly come to believe in Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. And if so, you need to praise God for that and thank Him because that is a gift that few people allow themselves to experience. But maybe you haven't. And if you haven't, I encourage you to pray before Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. Go to Mass. Go to a Catholic church and pray before the tabernacle. Go to an adoration chapel where the Lord is exposed in the Blessed Sacrament in the monstrance. Go to Him. You can't expect God to just do everything for you. Like I was saying earlier, we're not supposed to just sit and not move in our lives for a lot of reasons. Like we need to act and we need to show God that we're trying. Or even if you're skeptical, or even if you're not Catholic, or even if you don't believe in God, let alone Jesus in the Eucharist. What do you have to lose? What do you have to lose in going and trying? You can leave there being like, yep, still not real, still nothing, didn't feel anything, don't feel changed. But try, try and pray that the Lord will reveal himself to you and make you truly happy in his presence because he can and he will. 
So long as you approach him with an open heart and in a spirit of trust, because as you, I'm sure, can relate to in your own life, and as I can definitely relate to, as Augustine Maria attested to, we can look for happiness everywhere, but it's not going to last. It's not going to last in fame or fortune or in a relationship or in any any good thing that isn't totally God or at least rooted in him. And ironically, um, St. Augustine himself said this first and said this really well. And I would like to finish with this prayer, the prayer of St. Augustine. If you wouldn't mind praying with me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O beauty ancient, O beauty so new, late have I loved thee, and feebly yet do. Though you were with me, I was not with you. Then you shone your face, and I was blind no more. My heart searches restlessly, and finds no rest, till it rests in thee. O seeker, you sought for me. Your love has found me. I am taken by thee. I sought this world and chased its finer things. Yet were these not in you, they would not have been. My ceaseless longing hid the deeper truth. In all my desirings, I was desiring you. Lord, in my deafness, you cried out to me. I drew my breath. And now your fragrance I breathe. O fount of life, you are forever the same. O fire of love, come set me aflame. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is actually made into a song by Ed Conlon, if you want to look it up. That's what I was referring to for that prayer. So I just really encourage you, one, pray with that prayer pray in the presence of Jesus in the blessed sacrament. And as you do so, offer to God all of your wanderings. Tell him and be honest with him about all the ways that you've sought him apart from him. What have you sought? Have you sought um, things in traveling, in different experiences, in relationships? Be honest with him. Where have you sought him outside of himself? Maybe not realizing you were searching for him. And also, if you want another song to listen to and pray with, um, the song Nothing Else. Sorry, give me one second. I forget who it's by. I could guess, but I really would, would hate to be wrong. The song Nothing Else. Nothing Else by Coney, Cody Carnes. Nothing Else. Also a really great song to pray with in this regard. Just encourage you to be honest with the Lord. Surrender to him. Surrender your wandering to him. And as J.R.R. Tolkien says, not all those who wander are lost. There is hope for you. There is hope for your future. And I pray that you will have joy in that. Until next time. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Joy and Hope podcast where we seek to bring light to the dark. If you enjoy our mission, we would love for you to become a patron on Patreon. Our patrons are what make it possible for us to continue doing joy and hope 
full-time, bringing you the inspiring creative content that uplifts you to live more joyful, hopeful lives. So please consider supporting us. Thanks so much for being here today. God bless and see you next time.